Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Water Glow Podcast. Yay! Hello, We're everyone. Host, ben. Indigo. Water Glow. Welcome to our first episode. We've been talking about doing this for years. And we've had the podcast stuff for years. And finally, finally, we're finally getting around to recording our first episode. Yay! Very exciting. Nothing happens without purpose. That Twitter suspension was exactly what we needed in order to get our focus on finally getting this podcast started. Yep. So yay! Welcome to our first podcast! So, I guess today we're going to be talking about just beginnings. Like, how we got to where we are. Yep. How it all unfolded. Yep. Beginnings, endings, and beginnings again. Which are really the same thing, honestly. It's all just cycles and patterns. Yep. So, um, I guess I'll I'll start. Um, I've always kind of had an interest in sort of the metaphysical uh, realm like the non-physical realm, I guess. Um, yeah, I was I was raised like fundamentalist Christian, and my uh, my mom would like have us to say our prayers before bed and all that. No, oh, my my siblings were all just like, okay, now I lay me down to sleep, blah blah blah, and I would just be like, okay, who who exactly am I talking to? Like, how does this work? Right. Like, ever since I was a kid, it was just like, I want I want to know what is actually going on here. Right, yeah. That's how the other side of my family was. The one that I didn't grow up with, they were very devout Lutherans. And that's where we said our prayers. Mm. Yeah. But um, I think it just kind of, like, started basically from birth. Um, I mean, as far back as I can remember anyway, uh, it just always asking questions and thinking about things and realizing that nobody that I knew actually had any of the answers I was looking for. Right. It's like they were just taught that from the the last generation and they carried it on because that's all they knew. Right, right. And I, I kind of learned that fairly young because, um, you know, I would I would have questions and they'd just be like, well, because it is that way. Right, with no actual explanation. Right, exactly. So I guess, um, I mean, I, I started kind of having questions about the um, fundamentalist uh, sort of literal interpretation of the Bible fairly early too, because I would 
actually read the Bible and found a lot of inconsistencies and things that didn't make a lot of sense. So you were thinking philosophically as a little tyke. Yes. Yes. I think I had my first like existential crisis, so to speak, (laughs) at like eight or nine. Lucky. Pretty pretty sure. Because like I remember like somebody, I think my dad like missed a step on, you know, going down the back steps. And he was like, whoa, my life flashed before my eyes. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, oh, it's just something people say that, like, people's lives flash before their eyes, before they die, and all of this stuff. And and I was like, I was like eight or nine. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that's not, a, that's such a epic rabbit hole to go down is this our life flashing before our eyes like am i living in a memory exactly oh yeah but i don't know mine mine lasted like maybe 10 minutes i was just like what if that's what's happening oh my god what's happening right now (laughs) and then i was like oh well uh as far as i can tell i'm still interacting and making decisions so it doesn't matter right and and i don't know about you but like for me that was the end result of almost every rabbit hole you go down you're just like well if if that is what it is then there's nothing i can do about it right right it's like i i I guess that being like my first major existential thing was kind of like i don't know jumping in the deep end so to speak and so from then on like anything else that came up i would just be like oh that's interesting to think about but it doesn't really matter that much right right yeah yeah well you know lucky like (laughs) having an existential crisis that young it's probably like not much phased you at all growing uh, up. Right. Yeah. Like you question the nature of reality as <laughs> a child. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of my whole thing growing up really was just like, what is real? What isn't real? You know? Does it matter? Exactly. It's wild to think about. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah mine was on the complete opposite end where I grew up with an extremely no an extremely materialistic family they were like a sitcom family but not really like it's again it's a situation of like it was passed down to them you know like there's nothing wrong with being a materialistic family it's just that's what I was brought up in. So I didn't know anything different. Right. And that's how a lot of people are. So for me, it was. Remember when we got this house, like I didn't even know that you don't have to hire people to do housework, like not housework, like we cleaned our own house. But like if 
a toilet was clogged or something, we would have a plumber come fix it. Mm-hmm. We had painters paint the house. Like when <laughs> when Ben was like, oh, I'll just fix it. I was like, wait, are we allowed to do that? <laughs> it's wild. Like night and day, the two of us. Yeah. And my dad was like, okay, I want to build something. Let me go harvest some 20 penny nails from this thing that's falling apart and straighten them out by hand. (laughs) Right. And our family was just like, "Mm, we're just going to go buy some new ones and maybe (laughs) hire someone to do it. We had people cutting our grass for a while too. It's wild. That that was me. I was, I was the one cutting the grass. (laughs) But you know, so you started out fundamentalist Christian. I started out kind of like your materialistic, you know, cookie cutter, boxed and packaged family. And I grew up out in California and you grew up in the South. Yeah, like rural North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like it was, uh, I, I distinctly remember when our road got paved. Like, (laughs) it was all just, like, white gravel. Yeah. I remember when I first moved here, I was freaked out because someone drove past our house and waved. And that doesn't (laughs) happen out in California unless someone's, like, going to rob you or something. (laughs) I was just like, wow, people are so nice here. They're so nice. It's wild. Anyway, so... I didn't really get, like, when I was in high school, I got, I I had, like, a goth phase, and I was all into the witchy shit, Mm -hmm. and then I didn't really get into metaphysical stuff until my mid to late 20s, and (laughs) it was still, like, cookie cutter, you know, culture. It was the box and package culture. I had all the right gemstones. I had the tarot decks, you know. I had all the cool, trendy things that made you spiritual. (laughs) And it really wasn't until I experienced that spontaneous enlightenment moment when I don't even remember how old I was. I think I was like 33 or something. I don't know. Anyway, that's when I actually understood that I did not understand before and that gemstones and tarot decks have nothing to do with spirituality i actually threw them all away afterwards because i was like wait you don't need any of this shit this is bullshit i've spent so much money on all the right gemstones and all the right shit (laughs) and the tie-dye and whatever anyway yeah yeah i think like my introduction to like um that like the more like i guess the type of metaphysical stuff that most people are aware of like i guess like practical metaphysics so to speak instead of like just the philosophical side um and i think it was because yeah yeah my grandfather had this massive collection of books that he read about four pages out of each book um, he like never finished books. He would just collect like all kinds of weird, interesting books. And 
he had a bunch of books on like unexplained mysteries and create your own reality and pyramid power kind of stuff. You, so you were into like reality sculpting young. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. much. I wish that I had figured this shit out way younger than I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still figuring stuff out. So Well, yeah, we're all still. I mean, the universe is constantly evolving and changing, so nobody will ever actually have it all figured out. The only thing that you know for for sure, sure, is that you know yourself. You know nothing about anybody else. You just, you know your understanding of reality. Mm-hmm. Yep. That one took me a while to kind of understand. Yeah, it's not something you immediately wrap your head around it take it took several years of integration for me yeah i think my my first introduction to that sort of the the how we subjectively interpret things um i think it was about uh, about 10 or 12 and i found out about the existence of colorblind people um like I didn't know that that was a thing, uh, you know I was I was homeschooled, so I didn't get a lot of exposure to things that are different. Uh, right, exactly, exactly. Um, but I, I I learned about colorblindness, and you know I was thinking like, well, do we like if I see something that looks red, do, is that the same red that? somebody else sees right perspective right right the understanding that not everybody sees the world the same way that you do right exactly um i think one of the big ones for me was that like uh, i've always had this ringing in my ears um all day every day as far back as i can remember and i remember uh, I think when I was about six or seven, uh, I I said something about I, I said something to my mom about uh, you know that noise that you hear when you're not hearing anything, <laughs> and she was like, "What are you talking about? Are you talking about like where you can hear your heartbeat in your ears sometimes?" And I was like, "No, I'm talking about like that high pitched squeaking sound." like what what are you talking about that's wild yeah so and that's I was... when you found out that not everybody has the ringing yeah yeah I've exactly seen, I've, I've seen people talk about too like not everybody i like i saw a tweet from someone once that was like i just found out that not everybody has a, a voice in their head narrating their life like yeah yeah i i didn't know that either until i saw that tweet yeah I, I thought everybody did. You don't know what you don't know until you do. So like mm -hmm. if you can live from that understanding, which is kind of like I know nothing, then you are more likely to be able to accept and understand things uh, and learn new things that are different. Like mm -hmm. not everybody sees the world the same way as you. And that's okay. That's probably the best most liberating lesson one of the best that i've gotten out of all of this is like 
if you could just let other people have their perspective and live their life, you mm -hmm. get to have your perspective and live your life. Don't hurt people and just let people be people however they see, however they see fit, then it's a peaceful life. Right, exactly. And like, it's just practically useful too, because if everybody saw this world the same way, we'd like still be using pointy sticks. To, yeah, it would like, be boring. Yeah, it would like, be boring and it would be really, really difficult. Yeah. Like, I, I know that there's kind of this uh, sort of a subculture going on with this push, like anti-technology push. Like we should just go back to basically being monkeys. No, we don't <laughs> need to do away with technology. We need to learn to use it in moderation. Right. And develop a better working relationship with it. Right. Instead of like whatever the hell is going on right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy the whole like no tech thing. We we did I did that for what like 10 months. Yeah. I think it was where well, not no tech, but I had no social media. I didn't really use my phone. I just listened to non-lyrical music and read a shitload of books. And it was really nice. Like, it's exactly what I needed to, like, refresh my perspective, if that makes sense. Like, I had just had that wild, uh, spontaneous enlightenment. I don't know what else to call it. Mm -hmm. That moment of clarity where everything in the universe made sense. And I needed that space and time to integrate and process what the fuck I had just seen. Like, imagine in an instant understanding reality from the perspective of God that is intense and it took a really long time to wrap my head around mm -hmm. so anyway the no tech was necessary for that and well it gave me exactly what I needed in order to be able to interact with tech again without getting sucked into, you know, social media is a, a whole other world. It's not reflective of reality at all. No. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's like a completely different world. You're navigating multiple worlds at the same time. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty cool. But you have to understand that that's actually what's going on. Uh, I, I think right. a lot of times people get the the lines blurred, I guess. They're like, well, I, I know that this is the way things are because I saw it on Twitter. Right. And yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like you have to be able to. This is this is one of the revelations that I had when I first got off social media was like, what I was experiencing online was in no way, shape, or form reflective of my direct experience in reality. So, like, you know, I was doing the whole social justice warrior thing, but I never saw any of that stuff in real life. It, mm -hmm. You know, we went to that protest that one time. That felt very real until later we found out that the uh police that were there were actors yeah at least some of them were yeah 
they had black tape. Well, they had black tape where the numbers should have been. So it mm-hmm. was like cop, actor, 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 cop, actor, actor, act. It was it was wild. Anyway, but yeah, like the things that we see on social media are not reflective of our direct experience. Like, think about it. When have you ever seen in your life, in your experience, one of these wild things that you see on social media that supposedly happened? Right. Exactly. Anyway, back to beginnings. Yes. We got a little off track there. (laughs) We're just, this is our like, what, pilot episode, (laughs) whatever, like (laughs) testing it out, feeling the waters, getting used to it. Right, exactly. So, like, back to my beginning, I totally forgot that. Okay, (laughs) my parents divorced when I was too young to remember, right? So, like, the family I grew up in was extremely materialistic. The other family was extremely strictly religious. So, it's like, I didn't actually, I only went to, when I was with them, I got that fully immersed, you know, religious experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was with the other side of my family, not so much. When I was really, really young, I would like walk to church and stuff when I was with my materialistic side and try to maintain. It was a way of connecting with the other side of my family. Like I wanted to go to church because they went to church and, you know, Maybe, you know, I don't know. But when I would sit in church, I never retained any of the information, like none of it. I could not retain the information, what the preacher was talking about. I was just like, I well, I'm sitting in church. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Like, but mm-hmm. no idea about like having a relationship with God or source or great spirit or Allah. They're all the same thing called by different names. God does not care what you call it, just that you do. Right. It's just, that's that's always been weird to me, like how how many Christians um they get mad when you call God something other than the word God. And I'm just like, uh did you guys not read the Bible? part where like whenever anybody asks god hey what's your name it's i like, am that i am right right exactly it's because like, god it's, is literally everything right and beyond labels and words exactly and, so it's and, then, like, and then people start actual literal wars over what name they're gonna call god yeah it's, it's so ridiculous weird. like if if you truly are about like your relationship with God. Why does it matter how somebody else is practicing their relationship with God? Like you should just be stoked that they actually have a relationship with God. It shouldn't matter how they are choosing to interact with it. Just, Oh yay, They found God too. That's great. Right. Right. But they start straight up wars over this shit. Like, yeah, you called God by a name that I don't like. So I'm going to bomb your country. It's so dumb. It really is. And I don't know. I I, I know that there have been. I I don't know. I I don't agree with 
the staunch atheists that are like, religion is bad and causes all the wars ever. Because, uh, first of all, it's not actually true. And second of all, there have been multiple times in history where multiple religions have just coexisted peacefully. Right. Like, Palestine, as far as I remember, I'm pretty sure Palestine used to be sort of this uh, kind of a cosmopolitan, like, melting pot type area where, like, um, there was a Christian section and a Jewish section and uh, an Islamic section, and they just, like, all got together and like the the imams and the priests and rabbis would just like sit together and talk about stuff wouldn't that be awesome to to, like get leaders from like various religious cultures and spiritual practices to sit down and just talk oh my god that would be epic yep and the ones that actually get it that understand those higher truths they would do it and mm-hmm. nobody would fight because right. they all understand that everybody's saying the same thing in different ways. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, it, speaking of like, uh, I didn't find out until this past year, actually that, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's all right it'll come back if you need it yes yes but Uh, yeah like go ahead i don't know where i was going with that (laughs) okay well i lost my train of thought too so we'll just start somewhere new that works (laughs) so yeah like when you know growing up okay so like when I got in my 20s or so, I literally used to say all the time, God is just like a teddy bear for adults. Like, I was so <laughs> dumb. Anyway, and then I had that experience. I was like, God is not just a teddy bear for adults. I mean, it kind of is like the Bible's version, the the boxed and packed, you know, whatever. But actual God is literally everything, including you. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm. I guess it's like a teddy bear until you integrate your understanding that you are an extension of it. Right. Right. Uh, I, I think a lot of that just, um, I, I've seen a lot of people in Christian circles, um, especially like when I, when I went to church, um, let me back up a little bit. When I was younger, we we used to go to church um, every Sunday, and then when I was about six, we uh, the the church we were going to basically fell apart. Literally. Well, the the building was still intact. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but uh, it just it it unraveled, like the the community i guess just unraveled and like everybody just stopped going because it just didn't work anymore um it was it was kind of weird it was one of those uh denominations that occasionally do tongues like speaking in tongues tongues, yeah 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 and 
Um, I don't know if you're like familiar with that, but basically it's, it's kind of like channeling where yeah. somebody will just like get this kind of direct a, line to yeah. source and start. Yeah. And then they just start talking in like a language that nobody actually understands. Right. Um, and it's, it's kind of this two part thing where someone will say the message out loud and then somebody else will sort of channel an interpretation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it makes sense. Like if source, God, whatever is everything, then it could speak through that one person and then do the interpretation through another person. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of how the dynamic worked. And a lot of times it was just kind of like people would just do it. Right. Just, right. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of sometimes people would fake it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like channeling information too. Like you, mm -hmm. you get this direct line to source and you start talking about things that you never actually learned. Mm -hmm. You, you never read it in a book. You never, you were never taught it, you know, and you just know things. And it's like, God's putting these little bloop, bloop, bloop drips of information in, in your crown and it's mm -hmm. coming out your mouth and you can, you know, give information that, that you wouldn't otherwise know. Right. Uh, but there was this, this one time, like, right before the church started to fall apart, where it was an extremely intense one. Like, the whole, con like, this was not, like, Lutheran, where everybody is, like, respectful and quiet. Right. And <laughs> it was a little bit more, like, a little bit closer to Southern Baptist kind of stuff. With, right. Like, oh, jumping oh, around and hallelujah. snakes? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, okay. Not that guy. I, I always like, I want to like go to one of those churches where they dance with snakes, but I want to be like on the very, very outskirts. I don't want to be anywhere near the snakes, but I want to see it because not because it would be interesting. I want to know why they do that and I want to mm. witness it. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. But anyway, um, the, the whole congregation, like in an instant, got absolutely silent for like, five minutes straight and this person just like delivered the message in in tongues and sat down and it was still like perfectly quiet and sort of this air of anticipation so to speak right and then i think someone got uncomfortable with the silence and decided to make up an interpretation that was basically like, oh, you guys are doing a good job. <laughs> and afterwards, uh, the the person that actually got the actual interpretation just happened to be somebody that my mom was friends with right. at church. And he like took her aside and was like, uh, I, I can't say this to anybody else but that was not the message the message was y'all need to get your shit together so like god was like uh-uh yeah all done fucked up yeah you did some shit you shouldn't have done Mm-hmm. yep and you need to get your shit together right that, that sounds like my understanding of god mm -hmm. like it's not this cookie cutter thing that everybody <laughs> all prim and prop no yeah no if you fuck up god's gonna be like Bitch slap, you fucked up. 
Yeah, exactly. And the church just split after that. Yeah. That's wild. Nobody wanted to be a part of it. They were like, uh-uh, I'm not. <laughs> it wasn't me. Right. But, but yeah, it was just like, it was weird. Like, everybody, like, acted really awkward after that person just, like, what? made up an interpretation. Like, everybody knew that that wasn't the message. You can feel it. You mm-hmm. can feel when it's real and yep. when it's not. It's wild. It's yeah. just like it's not even tingling skin. It's like through your muscle to your bone. You can mm-hmm. feel when it's an actual channeling happening. It's mm-hmm. wild. It really is. It feels like magic. Yeah. Like tingles and a little dizzy and yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, like after that person like delivered the wrong message ever that was just this whole like uh, kind of vibe ah. through the church like oh, what the hell <laughs> ah, now we gotta go make this right ah. <laughs> hate that part <laughs> yeah well i mean the guy the guy that got the actual message the it w- wasn't able to deliver the message oh so it they just split without even knowing right right like like the 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 person just made up a an interpretation and interrupted the process oh. to say, "Oh no, you guys are doing a good job." Was the me- was saying that that was the message, and everybody knew it wasn't, and everybody knew it wasn't. So they were like, "All right, I guess we're done." Yeah, yeah, oh, and the church just he was fall, saying fell that apart. person fucked up. Okay, got it. Oh no, no, no. The, the, let me back up. <laughs> okay. Sorry, so the the guy out. the somebody delivered the message in tongues, right? Right. And then everybody was waiting for the interpretation. Somebody got the interpretation, but before he could deliver it, someone else jumped in and gave some hand-wavy bullshit, and everybody knew it was hand-wavy bullshit. That's wild. Yeah. And then it just all fell apart. Wow. That's what happens when you try to, like... Yeah, it, that yep. person probably meant well and had good intentions, but yeah, you you yeah, you can't fake this shit. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's like a major part of it is that there are a lot of people that don't actually believe this stuff. Right. Yeah. No. They just kind of play along. Right. Yeah. You know? I was doing that before I actually awakened, began to awaken, like. You don't realize that you don't actually believe it until you experience it. You, you're you're going along with a spiritual Hollywood spiritual programming that if I do this, then I am that. If I do, if I want to identify as spiritual, I must do X, Y, Z. And mm-hmm. then you actually experience an awakening and and having an actual relationship with God. And you're like, wow, that's not it. That is not it. That was not it. They lied. They lied and they sold me (laughs) lots of stuff when they did. Yep. (laughs) But I I think that that's, you know, like you said, you don't, you don't know that you don't believe something until you experience it. Yeah. I kind of had a similar thing. Like when I first had, well, that, that one time that I had an encounter with like, I guess it would be called an extraterrestrial. Right. Because it was like, you know, I mean, I knew about UFOs like my basically my whole life. Like we we would just 
right. My siblings and I would sit out and, yeah, out we here would just with sit no light pollution. Right, exactly. So you can see shit that you cannot see in the city. Exactly. And we would just like watch the skies like all the time. And the stars would just move on their own. Yep. And sometimes we would see things fly overhead and I would just be like, what's that? And my parents would be like, oh, that's an airplane. And, or that's a, one of the satellites. I mean, this was like the mid 80s, early 90s. And then a couple of times I saw things take a sharp right turn. Right. And it's like, that's yeah, not that, an airplane. Yeah, that's that's not an airplane, not a satellite. What it, what actually is didn't, that? Didn't your grand, grandpa, your grandparents and your parents have some sort of strange experience with a UFO? Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually told me about that. But um Reluctantly. Yeah, very reluctantly. Yeah, because people think you're crazy when you talk about this stuff. It's like, just because you haven't experienced it, Karen, does not mean that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, my grandfather was fine with it, but my, I don't know, I think the reason my my mom and my grandmother didn't really want to talk about it was because they were scared. Like, they thought it was terrifying. And I was just like, whoa. This is really actually pretty cool. Because you don't get freaked out by the unknown. Like, (laughs) I think that's people's biggest fear. It's not like I might get hurt or somebody's going to get me or death. It's actually like not knowing what it is. Yeah. At least that was my experience. Mm. I realized it wasn't death that I was afraid of. It's not knowing. But anyway, yeah, I I just found that interesting that your parents and grandparents have had an experience Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Like um you know, after after I started seeing those uh lights taking sharp turns and um I you know, I said something to my to my parents and my mom looked very uncomfortable and then like that evening she had called my grandparents over uh you know, we we lived like walking distance from my grandparents. Um, like, uh, like we were all Southern boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, my, my mom and my grandparents and, uh, me and my siblings were out on the back porch and my mom was just like super serious and looked super nervous. And she was like, okay, we got to tell you something. <laughs> and I was like, uh, did, she, okay. did they have missing time? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, my 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 grandparents did, my mom didn't. Um, Not that she remembers, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, uh, that was that was really weird. Um, she was she was telling me about how uh, I think it was when she was pregnant with me or my older brother. I can't remember. Um, she was driving home. Uh, at night and there was this like cigar shaped um, sort of light just following her like kind of off to the side but it was she was just like what the fuck is that (laughs) yeah that's freaky (laughs) yeah And, and I mean we lived out in the middle of nowhere right it was like it was a 15 minute drive to the nearest gas station and about 30 minutes to the nearest grocery store. Yeah. So, uh, it was like country country. Yeah. Really out there. Uh, 
but she was driving home from um, the city, I think. And she noticed it, like, you know, beside the car. And she was like, what the hell kind of airplane is that, right? <laughs> and she's driving home, and it keeps, like... Following her. Yeah, tracking with the car. And she's starting to get a little freaked out. And then by the time she gets home, it's, like, still... Right next and, to the car. Yeah. I mean, not, like, right next right, to it, right. but, like, visibly... Yeah. Like she, she could still see it out the same window. That's wild. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew they had an experience, but I've had similar experiences to that. That's mm. weird. That's cool. And, and then that, so and she, she didn't like, like to talk about it? No, no. She was very, very freaked out. <laughs> and like she, like when she got home, she ran into the house and like shut and locked all the doors and looked out the window and, so basically it had a searchlight that was like what? scanning the the whole area around and she was just like what the yeah fuck? i would have do out. i would have do out too yeah no that uh, is wild i've never heard that with the searchlight oh wow i thought i told was you it like that. a tractor beam i don't i have no That's idea wild. yeah but my my grandparents like sometime after that uh they had a paper route like i don't know my grandfather kept getting bored with being retired from the military so he would get a job and then be like eh, this sucks i'm gonna <laughs> retire again so he, he retired like eight times i think that's hilarious yeah um but one of the one of his jobs that he had was a paper route like they would start driving at like three in the morning i think um in my grandfather's 74 dodge pickup <laughs> like the the bed full of newspapers, newspapers yeah. yeah and just do a do their paper route and you know the, their usual route was like something like three to five in the morning um and then one time like they they got to a stoplight and and there's this bright light in the back window and my <laughs> My grandfather looks over at my grandmother. She's just like, what the hell is that? And <laughs> Wait, then they did their the paper next... route together? That's adorable. Yeah, they, okay, they did. Ahead. They did. Um, but then, like, the next thing they know, it's 8.30 in the morning. What? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. 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 That's and crazy. The, the bed is still full of newspapers. So Whoa, they're... so they missed their paper. The, yeah. The... The UFO couldn't even deliver their papers for them. That's, <laughs> that's messed up. Yeah, for real. <laughs> that's wild. That is so wild. And then we had that experience back in 2017. Remember with the solar, the solar eclipse? Oh, yeah. That was wild. That was weird. <laughs> I had never even heard any UFO stories like that. Like it was the night of the solar eclipse and we had some friends over to watch it. Mm -hmm. And after the solar eclipse, we were all laying there stargazing. And then I noticed those two little stars were like moving in unison. And I was just like, what is that's not a star? Holy <laughs> shit. You know, it was like I, I've always wanted to see a UFO. So I was like, it's a fucking UFO. Anyway, but only a <laughs> couple people that were there could see it. And like, we were laying there looking up at these, these 
UFOs, not stars, because stars don't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all of a sudden it was like a light turned on. And I thought that it was one of our friends that was on their phone or something and the phone, you know, turned their flashlight on. So I looked over and no, no, nobody turned the light on, no flashlight. And I looked back up and it was bright again. And there were these like geometric patterns in like a tealish green color coming over all of us. It was wild. Anyway, there's a lot more to that story, but it's just interesting because it's like you've had an experience. Mm-hmm. I've had an experience. Your parents, your grandparents. It's just interesting. Yeah. Oh, and then there was that one time, like, um, just a few years, a couple years ago. Um, remember we were we were both out on the back steps, and oh yeah, that and there was, was that train of like forty five yeah lights going was, across the was sky. A lot, and they were perfectly spaced apart, mm-hmm. and perfectly going in a straight line and no it wasn't starlink we looked right. it up yep i looked up the the launch dates and there was nothing anywhere around it was like a week before and a week after something like that it was like yeah. right in the middle yeah and then there was that remember that metal uh thing that darted through the woods or you didn't see that one i did no but i i have seen like metallic flashes in the woods yeah. like a lot it's why you know things are just they're weird lately mm-hmm. things are weird and we've seen some wild stuff out here in the country that you cannot see in the city <laughs> yeah like, like literally can't see it's because like, it's too bright right it's likely happening but you cannot see it because mm-hmm. one it's too bright and two you have to like attuned to the frequency to be able to see it there's stuff around us all the time that you can't see Mm -hmm. but but yeah i guess like got very sidetracked i guess the the point that i was getting to with all of that was like i've always had an awareness of ufos and aliens and like totally understood that they actually exist they're real like it's a real thing just i've always accepted that right as like what since whenever like, I guess I was like 12 at that time, something like that. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I, I always I never understood why people freaked out about aliens. Right. Right. Well, like Hollywood. You, well, I mean, even aside from that, like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I heard a lot of people like talking about like they had an experience, um, like a visitation or something like that. And they would like freak out and I would be like the hell is wrong with you right yeah (laughs) i'd be asking all the questions no i would probably have a panic attack and then ask all the questions yeah yeah but like i had like this weird experience a few years ago um where i was trying to fall asleep and i entered i guess a hypnagogic state which is really weird for me I, i usually don't do that um, but I, I had this very vivid sort of vision, I guess, mm-hmm. um, being in my parents' front yard at night and the full moon was up and I saw, a um, a hawk fly over the moon and I was like, whoa, that is really cool. Like, wait a minute. It's night. Why is there a hawk out at night? 
<laughs> I looked closer and it like shape shifted into this uh, mantis. Oh yeah. It was like now since since I noticed that it was out of place, it's like the disguise failed or something. Right. Right. And it just like looked at me oh, like oh busted. freaking hell he can see me <laughs> and. Yeah, those yeah those in between states are wild, very trippy. Uh, but like when I saw that it was like this like six foot tall mantis that was flying around, I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach, and I was like, "Holy shit, they're real!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like. It's one thing to really enjoy the stories and, you know, fantasize about it and, and believe it's it's completely different when you actually experience it. Mm-hmm. Like you realize when you experience it that. I don't even know how to explain it, that you didn't actually believe it. like mm-hmm. it's, it's you believed the stories. Right. Right. And you loved the stories and you were really into it. But then when you actually experience it, it really hits you and it becomes your reality. Mm-hmm. It's not just a story anymore. You know for sure that it is actually real. And that that's a lot. That's that's a lot. Yeah. 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 Very, very big difference between uh, the two. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, I guess. Same thing with God, right? Oh, like, yeah. If you've never had the direct experience, then you just believe. You believe the a story. Right. A, a somebody, it's, a, it's a somebody else's experience that you believe in, not your own. Right. When you have your own experience, then you believe in God. Like, yes. then, then <laughs> you're like, yes, okay, I get it. Yep. Exactly. So... Yeah. It's having that experience where it's, you know, like I call it the singularity experience where you experience God, basically. Mm-hmm. When you have that experience, like it's very different. Like you understand everything. You understand why religion is the way it is. You understand why culture is the way it, you understand it all. And you understand that everything has its place, even if it looks like chaos to you. And it changes your life. Like Mm -hmm. people who knew me before that experience, they do not know who I am now. Right. And it's night and day. It changes you Mm -hmm. for the better. And in my case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I guess like I've always had, sort of the awareness of the stories right right a lot of the a lot of the stories um and a lot of interpretations and stuff and like i always heard about like um i guess pythagoras uh talked about the music of the spheres right right right. that there's this divine harmony that guides all things and that everything is like sort of geometric music yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Everything's for yeah. Yeah, and and I was like, oh, okay, that I guess that makes sense. And then when I had that sort of uh, singularity experience, it was just like, whoa, it actually is, like literally. Yes. Very, 
very quite literally just like everything is a symphony like it's just this right it's so like it's like you can for me anyway when, when, I, when i had that experience it was like i could feel the music of reality i guess yeah. oh yeah 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 it was very trippy it's, yeah it, it's it's uh it's it's an experience that's for sure there it's ineffable like you can mm -hmm. it, many have tried to explain what it is but all you can really do is use metaphor or and you know people write songs about it they paint pictures about it like mm -hmm. art is really the only way that i could ever actually like explain this to people right yeah and for all of those people that ask this all the time, no, there were no drugs involved. No. In. <laughs> well, mine, I had taken a rather large bong rip that made me put weed down after a while. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, mine was just like I was on the back steps. Yeah. Having a cigarette and boom. Yeah. Just watching the trees move in the wind. And then all of a sudden, Everything was just, like you said, ineffable. I can't, yeah, you can't, can't explain it's, it. It's so difficult to describe. Like for me, I was, when the very first time I experienced it, we were watching the Quite Frankly podcast on YouTube and I had taken a giant bong rip. So I was pretty high and I, I really enjoy this guy's podcast. Like he's funny. And it was like his talking was interacting with my thoughts like I would think something and then he would answer it and I was like what the hell is happening right now like <laughs> is this dude telepathically talking to me does he know and it, it you know that took a while to integrate like that's really the only way I could describe it it's like you are one with everything and when you hit that perfect frequency of unity Mm -hmm. you experience your reality that way and it is a trip yeah <laughs> it freaked me out at first mm -hmm. but i guess i got, I, I got kind of lucky that i read so much weird shit <laughs> my whole life i so lost I like, my mind ben was like oh that's cool <laughs> yeah i was just like no seriously it's fine oh you don't have to worry about anything i've read about a lot of this stuff before <laughs> um it's like the whole synchronicity thing. I, I, I've read a bit of Young's stuff before. And so I'm, I was already kind of familiar with it. Uh, but I, you know, experiencing it, it's definitely different. From reading and, about it. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely, definitely understand how it can lead to paranoia in oh. people who are not familiar with it. Uh, yeah. I'll share my story on that real fast. Like I legitimately thought people were following me, listening to me through my phone, uh, accessing my camera. Like I finally had to sit down and like really think about it logically and be like, who the fuck would do this? Like who is, I'm not that interesting. I'm some nobody who does nothing. Like I'm not doing anything wrong. Like it was, so bad for like a year and a half and it's not that anybody's actually following you you're experiencing the higher levels of awareness so you're actually having 
that singularity experience and you're it's you you are the one doing it to yourself and that's really freaky Mm -hmm. like it's your own thoughts you think someone's spying on you but what it is is it's you and you right it's it's wild yeah and it's a very magical place to be once you get through the paranoia yes yes um yeah i I know a lot of uh people in like the spirituals uh community and spiritual circles uh not just like spirituality so to speak but like even a lot of um religious movements very antagonistic towards the physical realm like oh man this place sucks 3d is terrible the earthly realm is hell those people have never experienced singularity yeah no ever no definitely not if you hate 3d after experiencing singularity no there's no i mean anything's possible everybody's perspective different is different but i do not see how you could hate 3d reality after having a singularity experience i was like get me back yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and it's like i mean even even if you don't have that reaction it's like you experience you know oneness with all things and then you come back here and it's like oh now i see why i exist as a person because otherwise there's nothing right like it's yes it's everything but it's also nothing right we we incarnate here to experience separation like Mm -hmm. we come and we do the human you know have the human experience because when when and if you have that singularity experience you will understand why we are here Mm -hmm. because when you are there that's what that's your true form that's who you are you're everything you're a part of god right you are god Mm -hmm. and you incarnate here to experience being you so that's kind of like the secret to life is to live it as you right exactly you learn you really learn to love yourself through that experience yes it's basically required (laughs) yes I guess the the tricky and difficult part is figuring out who you are outside of who you are told to be. Oh yeah, I know all about that. We'll save that yeah. for another episode, though. Like, oh yeah, that's, that's a very like, that'll long. be a, that will be a very long <laughs> figuring out that you're not who you thought you were. Yes, or who you were told to be. Yeah, right. that's a tough one. Yep. Yep. It but is. I think we're gonna wrap this up. This is just our like practice episode to to get a feel for the mics we'll probably have more structure in the future and uh hopefully eventually have some guests on yeah so this was a lot of fun we hope you guys enjoyed it yeah you can find us at podcast.waterglow.net or the podbean app Uh, if you'd like to support the show you can visit patreon.com slash waterglow